This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about learning new skills, which is one of the most what what is it the most searched New one, Year's one of the one of the top ten most common top one of the top ten most common mm-hmm. is learning a new skill or hobby learning a new Skills skill or slash hobby. hobby yeah yeah interesting okay so out of curiosity mm-hmm. I doubt you've ever set a New Year's resolution to learn a new skill or a new hobby. No. Never? No. Okay. Me either. But I as we talked about it, I'm kind of against resolutions right. most years. Me but. too. Me too. I I do find myself learning new skills every year, though. Well, of course. Right. I mean, right? it's just, it's a natural thing that you do as a human. Well. If you're trying to grow and learn. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So that's the deal. If you're trying to pursue growth mm-hmm. and development then you're going to naturally learn new things. Yeah. And so, and that's the other thing I would say is like, if you are a learner, mm-hmm. if you are a person who seeks to learn um, and gain formation from learning, mm-hmm. you're going to learn skills alongside just like arbitrary knowledge. Right. You know, it's, it's funny to me to think back, you know, we're, we're in 2022 now. Um, and, we're getting pretty far removed from 2020, right? But lots of people in quarantine, while not connected to like a, a resolution, dedicated themselves to learning new skills. Correct. Because they had more time on their hands. Correct. Um, I wonder, I, I don't actually know the answer to this, but I wonder what the top five new skills that people wanted to learn were. I know languages is probably up there. Yeah, most people want to learn a new language. Uh-huh. Um, there are some people who um, want to learn an activity, like mm-hmm. a sport or a hobby, tennis, golf, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, bowling. Um, bowling. <laughs> some kind of social element. Right, to something that that connects you to other people in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, other people want to learn a hobby like, um, wine tasting or photography or mixology. Yeah. Some, some kind of skill in that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, once again, something that comes with an element of a social aspect or community. Um, and then, you know, something like photography or videography is just uh, a skill that brings enjoyment to Mm -hmm. people. Um, so it's usually in those kind of veins. Um, I don't know. Oh, learning new instruments, I bet, is up there too. Uh, so learning an instrument is one of them that's up there. Um, two most common, I'm sure you can guess, guitar and piano. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yep. Would not surprise me one bit. So yeah, they're all new skills. They're all in that vein and... You know, last year, um, a few months ago, I read a book um, written by Questlove uh, titled The Creative Quest. And if you don't know who Questlove is, Questlove is a DJ, like world-renowned DJ. 
um, music historian, uh, drummer, uh, co-founder of the Roots Band that plays on the Fallon, uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, just a amazing creative. Yeah. Oh, and he's now on a new YouTube exclusive show um, done by Balvini. Oh. Um, the, the Scottish distillery. Yep. Um, where he's on there talking with other creatives while drinking scotch. And they're just having a conversation. Dang. It's really cool. The first episode is with Michael Che, and it was really good. Dang. It was really good. I'm going to go watch that. You should. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> really going to go good. watch that. Um, that. Stuff like that is a lot of the inspiration for his book. Mm. He has lots of just sit-down meetings yeah. with creatives, and he's just like a sponge of information. Any mm. kind of creative he can get in a room, he wants to ask him questions and just absorb all of their knowledge. That's awesome. Um but anyways, in Creative Quest, one of, the, one of the things that, one of the arguments that Questlove makes is that everyone is a creative. The question is how they develop it and what medium they choose to create through. Yeah. Um, and at first, I really didn't agree with him. Hmm. That not everybody was a creative? Yep. I was like, nope, not true. Not everybody's a creative. There are some people that are just not wired that way. I think there are some people that are more creative than others. So it's he, just because that creative piece of themselves, I think, has been fostered a little bit more. Yeah. So I was there. Questlove is not there. No. Questlove thinks every single person is equally creative. Hmm. The question is simply their medium and involvement in growing their creativity. Well, that, that's kind of what I was saying, that that piece, that their creativity had not been, that piece of their creativity had not been fostered the way. Oh, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. I, and maybe I'm not communicating correctly, but he, he would not say what you're saying. What he would say is that those that didn't, quote unquote, foster or grow it, mm -hmm. it has shown up in a way where society would now not call it creativity, even though it is. For instance, one oh. of his examples is someone who can create massive Excel sheets. Uh, I uh, understand. Not I, I, a traditional I I creative, I, but very much so still doing creative work. Still creating things in a way. Correct. Yeah, I, I get it. If that premise is true, which after reading the book, I now even though I started out not agreeing with him, I now 1,000% agree with him um, that every person is a creative. The question is just their medium. And so with that, if every person is a creative, creativity, literally, if you, if you could give like word association for creativity, what would it be? I, I mean, when you say... Are you asking specifically have, me? Yeah, you okay. said I have an answer, but my, I'm just curious. My if, brain goes to color. Color? Mm-hmm. Ooh, in what way? Why? I, I don't know. I hear the word creative or creativity, and I I just think color. Brightness. Um, Interesting. Because if you think about it, creativity is the brightness of life. Right, it, it is the thing that creates the color in the world. Mm. See, that's not the metaphor that I would use for creativity. I definitely see how you get there. Th that's just where my brain goes. Yeah, right? I like, definitely see how you get there. 
Um, mine goes to new. Creativity is the eternal ascent for new. I can see that, yeah. Um, and so if we agree with Questlove's premise that everyone is a creative, then everyone is always seeking new. Mm. It's just a question of in what way. Um, new business opportunities, new ways to be more productive, new ways um, of communicating something, new ways of telling stories, new ways of writing music, new ways of painting, new brushstroke paths. New, I mean, new is endless. Mm -hmm. um, if you go from what you have and the creative journey is creating something new, I mean, right. that is literally creation. Creating is newness. Uh, is newness then that means everyone has the capacity to learn and do new things all the time, mm -hmm. which actually means if you were ever going to make a new year's resolution, I actually think this is probably the best one you could make. Yeah. Um, learning something new. Yeah. Literally learning something new, um, doing something new, creating something new, um, getting involved in something new, experiencing life in a new way that you haven't previously yeah, and so let's talk about this for a second. Actually, if, if you don't mind me going on a little bit of a thing here. Go ahead. Um, so so science has kind of proven and, and medicine has proven that one of the best ways to, like, stave off, like, Alzheimer's mm -hmm. um, and, you know, diseases like that is to learn new skills. Yeah. And see new things, do new things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because what happens is your brain kind of falls in this rut. It's it's rhythmic. Yeah, it mm -hmm. falls in this rut, and it's not forced to to do new things. And right. so it's just it it it's kind of like it driving a car or not driving a car often enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yep. um, it just it kind of doesn't get its gears moving the way that it should. And yep. so it doesn't function at the highest capacity that it could. Right. Whereas if you're learning new things, doing new things, seeing new things, you're forcing your brain to work. Yep. Um, and process new information. Um, so, yeah, I think I would agree. If you are going to make a New Year's resolution, learning a new skill just for the functionality of like making your brain work better. Yeah. Um, solely just based on that. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, uh, yeah. 1000%. And I think, you know, the other thing, the, the spiritual element of this kind of idea of newness, mm -hmm. um, is rampant. Oh, it's everywhere. Um, I mean, there's so much language in the New Testament about being a new creation. Um, and that's not to say that you, the person, are somehow bad or faulty because you need to be newly created. Um, but it is to say that we can look around and see that the world is broken and fallen and the effects of sin are definitely present. Yep. And therefore, they've had their effect on us. Mm. I mean, as we can see, our, our scars mm -hmm. are, are proof that that we need to be recreated. We need to be new creations. Um, As does the 
earth we're sitting on. Correct. Everything needs to be recreated, recreated and, ne- needs, and to be needs to be a new creation. It needs to be restored. Correct. Um, and that's why Jesus at the end of the book, at, at the end of Revelation, literally is sitting on the throne and he says, see, I am making all things new. Mm-hmm. Um, the element there is... I mean, it's just screaming at you throughout the entire piece of literature. New covenant language. Um, I mean, just rampant everywhere. So we can't have this conversation about newness and not address something, though. What? The statement by Barney Stinson that new is always better. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Let's, Let's have this conversation. Okay. I think Ted proves, if you've, if you have not watched this episode uh, of How I Met Your Mother, you should, um, just to be up to date on this conversation. Yep. Um, I think Ted proves that, I think Ted proves Barney wrong, that new is not always better. Why? With the Uncle Jim's grape scotch? Yeah. <laughs> Versus the 35-year yeah. Glenn McKenna. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like, would... I, I don't know. New okay. does not necessarily mean better. New does mean new, right? Which new is always good. Well, no, not even that. Because Nazism was new at one point. Well, no. Nazism was fascism, which was not new. Well, okay, uh, fascism, The atomic bomb was new. But, at, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but even fascism at some level had to be new at one point. At one point, it right? was like, new. Yeah. Bad things can start as newness. True. So new does not always mean better. Agreed. New new does not new is not a category of better or worse. Mm-hmm. New is an independent category mm. that means new. Right. Uh, of which sometimes new can be good. Right. And sometimes new can, can be, be bad. Can be very bad. Um, yeah. Me personally and not and to be a jerk or get too political here, but it, it was new that Donald Trump was president. That was a very, very bad thing. That was not a good thing. And arguably, um, it is new that Biden is president, mm-hmm. and not great things are happening right now either. <laughs> like, well, it's not just, catastrophically falling apart like it was headed with Trump. So I'm much, I'm much more comfortable with what's happening with Biden right now. But, but still. New does not mean better. New does not inherently or automatically mean better. Mm-hmm. Um, but new definitely has moments where it's better. It can be, for sure. Um, and I think overall, I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking back. There are definitely moments where we can look back and go, okay, there were new things introduced into the world that were bad. Mm. Um, and as my good friend Ben Blackwell says, um, you know, this was the problem with modernity, is modernity was the eternal pursuit of new for the, the new objective truth. Mm. And that was going to lead us into the, you know, the golden years. Um, and then World War II happened, and we realized that wasn't the case. All it did was make us kill people better. Um, and so you, we can look back through history and go, yeah, there are moments where new is just terrible and catastrophic. 
But then there are also moments where we can look back and go, hey, new is great. Yeah. Um, Agreed. New gave us Jesus. Yeah. Like, he literally calls himself the new covenant. Right. Um, new. New can be a good thing. Yeah. And I, I'm debating within myself and I didn't know this conversation was going to go this way or I, I would have tried to be more prepared, but um, I'm racking my brain throughout church history. And I almost want to say that majority of the time new is better. Um, but definitely not all of the time. For instance, I mean, because this, like, this is where my mind goes. If you're going to, if you're going to put new into the category of all the things that are new, mm-hmm. um, new music. Sure. I mean, we get new music regularly. Mm-hmm. New it's films. Not always good. Okay. But more times than not, it's good to somebody because sure. good's also subjective. There also are very true. few things that are unilaterally just very like, true. Very true. unequivocally bad. Right. Um, Music, film, art, poetry. I mean, so much. I mean, my mind's clearly on creative stuff, but I mean, so much of the newness that we get majority of the time is good, beneficial, and advantageous. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that new affects the human mind. I mean, um, in a way... You could say that we all experience new every day because every day is a new day. Sure. Um, And in that, the experience of that day, literally the experience of the sunlight, Mm -hmm. has massive effects on people's mental health. Sure. Um, So think overall, at least where I would be, I think new is... Most of the time, better. Yeah, I I don't think I disagree. Um, I think again, I, I I don't want to miss this because there are I I do feel like there are traditions within Christianity that like oh yeah the old just needs to be abolished, right? Let's just forget everything that we know about tradition and just. Yeah, we, this new thing. Yeah, we call them non-denominational. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but that's yes, what, yeah, that's what we that's, call them. That's that's kind of what's happening there. Um, like everything that we know about tradition just needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think is helpful. Um, I think that that's taking like abolishing say. all of the old. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, some of the old needs to go to make room for the good new. Yeah. Was literally just having this conversation with somebody on Instagram. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Pieces of the old do need to go to make room for the good new or the bad old needs to go to make room for the good new. Correct. But if you throw away all of the old, that means you have to create all new, which means you're going to get some bad new. Oh, you, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, forever. Yeah, uh, forever. And that that's the goal. That's the perpetual goal is to sift through the right. new that we're creating to weed out the bad new that comes with it. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. 1,000%. And I think for a New Year's resolution conversation, right. um, that's absolutely the case because most that's people- That's where I was going, yeah. Most people, if I had to guess, they're learning a new skill- 
in order to create time and space Mm -hmm. to replace something that was no longer life-giving. Exactly. And that's the other thing that I will say about this conversation of new is when it, when new arrives on scene, it can be good for a season Mm -hmm. up until a point where we realize it's no longer good. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a conversation about new year's resolution, like, I, I would I would urge you to think through that, to think about that, because if you set out and you go, okay, I'm going to learn something new and you get into it and you like, let's say you decide you're going to learn like, so I've been learning Spanish on Duolingo. Let's say you're going to venture in and I got a notification that uh, Duolingo also now teaches you endangered languages like Navajo. So That's let's cool. say somebody's like, hey, I'm going to learn Navajo. Great. Okay, cool. More power to you. Um, not sure. I mean, you better speak all the other like modern languages if you're learning Navajo, I think. But uh, let's say you're going to venture out and do Navajo and you're like, okay, I'm going to learn this new thing. But what if you're in, like a, a Native American like scholar? I kind of feel like you would have had to do that in your PhD. I mean, yeah. So uh, just the average person. Okay. So you go and you're going to learn Navajo and you go down that road and it's great in the early stages and it's great for you. You're learning new, you got a cool party trick, you're doing the stuff, but then there comes a point where the stresses of life, Mm -hmm. um, the time it takes, the lack of it being actually advantageous to you in your everyday life and in the world. Um, when those effects start to bear down, this is when you have to ask yourself, like is the new thing, still beneficial and advantageous to me now when it's no longer new and that's not to say we shouldn't finish anything we start but it is to say that like some things that are new are good when we start them but they don't end up being good for long it doesn't mean that they are always good things. correct they're not eternally good